Well, howdy there, just in the nick of time. Yeah, heidi ho there, neighbor. We are coming to you live on a Sunday night. On a storm-ridden occasion. Dark and gloomy evening in October. So if you're listening live on Facebook, uh, we don't know if that will continue, um, as we might have internet issues, obviously. Because the storms. It's a big big (laughs) storm. We got the big storms outside. Um, But we're here nonetheless. Yeah, we're here and we're... Happy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it is, again, my fault for postponing the podcast to not a Thursday night. Um, I do apologize. Baseball and weddings, like those are important, got in the way of things. But that's okay. We're here now. And hopefully, even though it's late on a Sunday night, you can watch. And we are live, and it has seemed to be working. So thank you for joining us, and hopefully that luck continues Yes, throughout the podcast. As the storm goes on and on out of control. Oh, now I know the song. Crash, boom, bang. Crash, boom, bang. The thunder rolls. So I always have, um, I love that song because I have the, you know how you have sometimes those weird off-the-wall memories from your childhood? Yeah. But they always stick with you? Of course. So when I was a kid, we used to go to Dale Hollow Lake in Tennessee and rent oh, yeah. a houseboat. Yes. And poop knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we would go up on the top of this houseboat at night, like when we were kids. Yeah. And like play basically Garth Brooks. Just all that, night. That album. Just play that. And we used to like sing that song so hard. And at the time, we would always go crash, boom, bang. Oh, you like did? In the thunder part. Yeah. And we would always smack like the propane tank. There's a big like 100 gallon propane tank. On the, the top? Yeah. Oh, wow. On the top, we okay. always hit it. Boom, boom, boom. It's a hell of a memory. It is. It's Isn't a core it? memory that you had of your childhood. It's a core memory. It really is. Yeah. But why did you only play Garth Brooks? Yeah, it's probably all we had. Yeah. On the old tape deck. <laughs> On the old 8-track. Yeah. Um, no, Do you remember 8-tracks? I don't, no. So I, mean, my, I, don't, I mean, I know what they are, and I know what they look like, and I've seen them. My dad had life, an 8-track player in an old truck of his. Um, and he would play a tracks, you know, and slide them in, you pop them in. And I thought they were the greatest thing in the world when it, when, I mean, we had cassette tapes yeah, too, wasn't it about the same time as cassette tapes or you, it is, well, they were earlier than cassette tapes. But by the time you were experiencing them, I remember yeah, they, they were out, had been out, they were outdated. Yeah. Like cassette tapes weren't outdated, but the eight tracks definitely were, but he had a truck with a player in it. So, and he had a bunch of eight tracks and I just remember always playing the eight tracks I thought they were the coolest thing. I didn't like, I don't think cassettes were as good as 8-track. And the sound quality was actually better. Really? On an 8-track, yeah. That's proven. (laughs) That's a provable (laughs) fact, sir. (laughs) It is an absolute fact, and I don't want you to say otherwise. I think it would have been hilarious if none of that was ever invented, and they had basically what were CD decks in your car, but that took entire vinyl albums. (laughs) You could put a vinyl in. Wouldn't that be awesome? It had to be like... Well, you could do the 45s, because 45s were smaller. Yeah, so you could put 45s in there. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I would do that. Let's invent that. Let's make that. I got, last year for Christmas, I got a record player, and I've been in some records. Yeah. So I've been playing some. It's enjoyable, because I'm not one of these audiophile people that's like, it sounds better on vinyl. Yeah. Um, but mm, with my tuned ear, I can tell. Yeah, I think the difference is, and what's enjoyable about it, is that there's a certain amount of intention mm-hmm. involved 
with picking that, putting it on, playing it, and then you're basically sitting down and listening to it. Yeah. And that intention kind of changes the dynamic between the music and yourself. So I don't think it has anything to do with audio quality or, or I mean, I think people just like it because it's cool, but it's also because there's like intention to it. Yeah. I think, I think it just really cuts to the core of you. Yeah. Brings out all of your emotion. I was just thinking about it this morning over breakfast as I was playing uh mothership <laughs> yeah. from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, well, some songs on mothership. Sure. I'm like, I need to get this record. I bought it for my my uh, nephew last year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. It's like eighty bucks. Is it really? Yeah, but it has. It's like five records, right, or more. It's like their greatest hits, and I, I was thinking I should collection. probably get that. Yeah, I would say you do. I've said it ever since you've gotten uh, a uh, player. What's it called? Record player. Uh, I've wanted one. A turntable. A turntable, if you will. I've wanted one so bad. And then I saw a bunch of stuff on TikTok of people playing uh, records and changing it to forty, like the 45 speed. Uh, and it it's obviously changes the pitch and tone of like the I whole song. I saw songs. one the other day they made somebody somebody that I'd never heard of sound like uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah. I yeah. don't remember who it was. But yeah, they it changed worked. it to Dolly Parton. And I was like, holy cow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I think it is really fun. And a lot of my favorite bands have came out and made records again of, you know, collections of their music. And I want them, but I don't have any reason right now to buy them because I don't have a record player. No, and I'll say this. I don't think there's much reason to get one just for the fact of the amount of time you will use it is almost nothing. It's minimal, yeah. Because, I mean, I barely ever use it. And they're they're not cheap. Yeah, I know. You're right. And I do usually have to talk myself out of buying unnecessary things because I want everything. I think if you had a space, like a, like if you had a man cave yeah. or like a den, a study perhaps. Right. Which I'm going to have some something of that in the basement whenever yeah, I get around to that. If you had that situation, it would make sense to put that in there. And you could have the ambiance of having people over and playing a record in the corner and everybody looking at me in my smoking jacket with a pipe. Wouldn't that be awesome? Get that pipe out. Because I have multiple pipes. Yeah. You know, for tobacco. Tobacco use only. Yes. Real pipes. And I smoke them in my house. Me and Jerry and used to sit, sit in his sit garage. I used to yeah. go over to his house with the only intention of sitting in his garage and to smoking smoke pipes. pipes. Yeah. And, uh, well, and when I lived in... When, that's a really bad way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But when I lived in the other house, when we were building our house that we live in now, we used to sit on the back uh, like deck. Remember that? Yeah, I tell you what, there is very few things. I mean, it is it's the most sense. contemplative <laughs> experience. It is. It's, it's great. It sounds cliche to like, you know, somebody sitting there thinking with a pipe, but it, it no joke is that. It's super relaxing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's I highly recommend thing. it. And we they used have to go to Danny Boy Pipe Shop at yeah, the Renaissance Fair. And I follow them on Facebook. Yeah. Um, they go all over the place and they make some really nice pipes. Yeah. Uh, but they are. They make like so many different types of tobacco for pipes, like different flavors and styles and stuff that it's endlessly enjoyable. Now, am I condoning tobacco use? Not necessarily. I mean, it is bad for you, but at the end of the day, come on, you got to live, you know, and the way I want to live. I mean, you're not inhaling it. No, you really don't. I just smelling tobacco pipe. I grew up with a neighbor um, that smoked a pipe all the time as like he literally inhaled it and smoked it forever. Um, and he'd always come over like walking around, uh, Chuck, 
was his name. And he'd walk around Liddell. holding his pipe. Yeah, Chuck Liddell, the Iceman. And his teeth had like a groove. Has a they, He's still alive. Have a, a groove in them to where he like stuck his pipe, you know. But he'd always come over and every time he'd start scraping his pipe out and he'd repack it and start smoking it. And I remember that smell oh, yeah. and thinking like, man, that man smells like the greatest thing I've ever smelt in my life. Like heaven. <laughs> like, what is this? You know, oh, it's just a highly addictive, uh, yeah. you know, drug. Yeah. But at the time as a kid. Yeah. Man, it reminds me of middle school. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Smell pipe smoke from. From who? Our janitor. He did smoke a pipe. Yeah. He doesn't anymore. No. I haven't seen that with him. So anyway. Um, so that's Pipe Talk. Yeah, pipe Talk. Um, follow Danny Boy Pipes. Absolutely. Maybe we'll reach out. Maybe they'll sponsor us. That'd be great. Speaking um, of sponsorships, we uh, we mentioned this before, but pretty soon we're going to C2E2 in Chicago. We are. We are invited as journalists. Press. 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 We are the press. So we're hoping to get some pretty cool interviews and stuff out of that. Tonight, we're- You know. What? Hey, we we posted a thing about Hayden Christ or I did uh, on our social media about Hayden Christensen uh, going into the Ahsoka show, and he's gonna you know be Anakin Skywalker all over again, um, and he's gonna be there. Ooh, he's like the biggest name that's there. Oh, really, yeah, that's huge. And I, I hate sad. And it I gets everywhere. <laughs> I know. And I want to like interview him and say those things. It's coarse and it's <laughs> itchy. <laughs> I don't remember what he said. I don't remember it's either. It's coarse. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. It, it gets everywhere. Um, I want to do those things. You know, despite all the hate, I I thought he was good in those movies. I the, think that they directed him to act in a certain way, and he did that. Listen, over time, everything becomes enjoyable again. You know what I mean? Like, especially with uh, an epic story like Star Wars, where it just keeps, like, kept, continued through our whole lives it started before our lives and then just picked up when we were younger and it just keeps going and you have the ability to look back at things that you've seen before and be like you know i don't know maybe i was a little too harsh on that because it's actually pretty good yeah and then getting kids into it like we've done getting our kids into it and rewatching the things and seeing their enjoyment of it because they don't have that tainted aspect of star wars like we did right um I don't know. It's fun, and I don't really think it's that bad either. No. I, I don't know how you. I can... I mean, I never didn't enjoy the prequels. I enjoyed them when they came out. I oh, watched, I always I watched them my whole life. I always did too. I've always loved them. And then I honestly, for the longest time, didn't know that there was a lot of hate for it until I got into like listening to podcasts and people talk about like our nerd culture that we love and hearing people like really shit on the prequels, and I was like, oh. Why do people not like those again? Yeah. I understand they are a little bit over-engineered when it comes to CGI and whatnot, but I don't know. I like it. Right. So um, tonight we're going to do me and Jerry and Dude actually just got back from a Snarf Talk road trip. A date. A a movie date. (laughs) Yes. Um, And we literally just went to see um, Dune. Yeah, we just finished it about an hour ago. The Space Epic by Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Based on a Frank Herbert novel, which is probably my favorite book of all time. I I say it is mine, definitely. So, so we're totally going to get into a review of that in a little bit. We're going to do all the coverage from um, all the crazy stuff happening from DC fandom that happened yes. this week. And then um, we're going to talk about, after we talk about Dune, we're going to go over the top 20 movies to watch if you can't wait for Dune. 
and I couldn't wait for Dune. No. <laughs> I should have been watching these top 20 movies, I think. And then, of course, we got some pretty good what you're watchings that we'll finish up with. But I will say, um, Dune right now is available in theaters, but also for free on HBO on Max. On HBO Max. If and you're it, not free, but I guess if you're a subscriber. It really does. At the time of the uh, press release that said they were going to do that and put Dune on HBO Max, or all of Warner Brothers' titles were going to HBO Max, um, I I didn't um, think it was that big of a deal. I was like, oh, cool. Now we'll actually be able to watch movies. But now that people are back in theaters and this movie legitimately came out on HBO Max, it kind of blows me away that they still went through with it and did it. I personally think that is a massive failure on Warner Brothers' part, and I think it should only have been released in theaters for the time being. Like, Even if you wanted to release it Just for on HBO Max, yeah, like a month or two later, do that. But I don't think it should have came out at the same no. time. This is a huge disservice to the movie, I believe. And I don't want people to... I, I don't want you to watch it on HBO Max. I'll just say it straight up. Don't go wa- watch it on Unless your Unless you're the kind of person that would never go see it in theater. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, if you're just not a theater goer, I guess. But if you appreciate movies um, the way Chris and I do, I would never watch this movie on TV for the first time. You need to go to the theater. Yeah, we went and saw it in IMAX because um, Nolan basically suggested that he we do so. He forced us. So we went and saw it in uh, IMAX. So we'll get to our review of that in a little bit. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we do some news? Um, let me think. Oh, if you zoom in on Chris's shirt, he is the most <laughs> disheveled, like, slump slumlord human being tonight and i don't know where it occurred but i've been laughing about it all evening because he came to my house he looked perfectly clean like he took care of himself and then throughout the process of the night nobody knows how it occurred but he's got stains all over his shirt he's got grease on his face in his beard all over his clothing he looks just absolutely disheveled and i think it's hilarious yeah so if you're watching make fun of him Oh, I forgot. We had some. We had a listener request. Oh, okay. I know, and you haven't told me what it was. Here it is. Question for the podcast. Okay. Is it okay to shower or bathe during a thunderstorm nowadays? Am I the only one that was told as a kid not to shower during a thunderstorm? Is this something I need to t- be telling my kids so they can also grow up believing that they will die of a lightning strike <laughs> if they are in the shower during a storm? I must know. Please settle my debate on the podcast tonight. <laughs> That is a genius question. You are not the only one uh, that grew up with that because my mother used to yell at, yell at us all the time and rush us to take a shower before the storm started. But if the storm started, you were not bathing at night because I, she truly believed you could possibly die. Yes. And then when I got into high school, I quit listening to that baloney. And I would go take a shower, and she would be like upset with me and be like, "What are you? Are you what are you trying to do? Are you trying to attract lightning?" Yeah, <laughs> mom. So I will say, um, I was told the same thing. I think it was just in the ether of our growing up. Um, but one hundred percent, no, you should not shower or bathe during a lightning storm. Yes, you should be telling your kids not to do that. What? Of course, if no, there is a lightning has, strike. No, 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 no. Everything in your house is grounded. Listen. There is no possible way it's going to run through just your water pipes 
and then jump to the water and shock you. You're standing in a fiberglass tub. It doesn't it's just the water, right? So absolutely, you should not. Oh, you're. Um, but we're going to go directly joke. to the CDC website, cdc.gov. Okay. Frequently asked questions: Is it safe to take a shower or bath during a lightning storm? No, lightning can travel through plumbing. It's best to avoid all water during a lightning storm. Do not shower, bathe, wash dishes, or wash your hands. Really? Absolutely. That's a, that's guidance from the CDC, and you're going to take that for. I mean. Over the last year, we've had a lot of guidance from the CDC. That I am going to take because it does make sense. Now, it will it attract lightning? No. But if lightning were to strike near your home, as has happened in my house, and traveled through plumbing pipes, as has happened in my house, in my house, it caught it. the gas hose for the water heater was yeah. right next to the plumbing. This. We got struck by lightning on the barn. It traveled through our wiring. It arced across there, and it blew a hole in the gas line and lit a gigantic fire in our laundry room. So there is current traveling through that pipe. It's because you're not properly grounded. It doesn't matter. It Most does. Most people aren't. I am. Most people don't live in a brand new house. That's very true. So I Touché. would advise do not bathe or shower. I just really season. don't. I still don't believe it to be a thing because if you are showering, showering. Now, bathing is a different thing. If you're sitting in a pool of water... I that would make me a little nervous. But again, you're in Let's a check, fiberglass pick a, tub. Pick another one. But, Healthline.com. But showering, the water droplets aren't connected. They're literally unconnected from each other by the time they hit your body. There's no electrical current in each droplet of water. Healthline.com. can't jump. Is it safe to take a shower during a thunderstorm? No. It is unsafe to take baths as well. This is due to a risk of electrocution. The organization also says that lightning can travel through plumbing. Um, if if lightning strikes, a water pipe is electrified. The electricity can move along the pipe and cause electrocution. To date, it's unknown if anybody has ever died. Right. There you go. The, the, I don't. They have no idea if anybody's ever died. There's no cases of people dying it hasn't happened experts recommend ever. waiting 30 minutes after you hear the last thunder before taking a shower or bath i think this is everybody a, in the internet is in agreement i think this is an absolute joke so don't listen to jerry i think it's a joke everybody that is listening to this podcast has i guarantee you showered during a, a thunderstorm lightning storm i mean during a rainstorm yes but during a lightning storm no i, I bet do you it. i bet you they have i bet you you have um, if your house is struck, lightning tends to go through either wiring or plumbing. So that means anything that's plugged into the wall or connected to the outside wire. Listen, I've had two houses struck by lightning. Two. I've had one. The first house, it went through my electricity and fried anything that was plugged into my house. Yep, I had that happen as well. Um, and left burn marks at every most outlets as mm-hmm. well. And the second time, it caught half of my house on fire. So it's a thing. Yes, lightning strikes are a thing. I just don't believe it will happen when you're taking a shower. I don't. I don't. I think you're fine. That's interesting. I didn't think it was going to go that way. I thought you would be on the same side as me. Strikes as far as 50 or 100 feet from your house can be just as dangerous. Well, there you go, listener. I guess you're not going to be taking showers or baths during lightning storms. And your kids won't be either. Because it's completely unsafe, and it will kill you instantly. Hey, Dirk says, I know a guy who knew a guy whose Uncle Larry died in the shower during a lightning storm. See, right there. See, that, it has to be true then. What about dropping a deuce during a storm? Now, I think you got sufficient distance away from the water. And you're sitting on 
porcelain, ceramic, and plastic. No Mark, possible way. Mark says he's taking a shower now. I love that you figured out a way to watch the podcast in yeah, the shower. And, and, it's a bit disturbing. And comment. You must have a waterproof phone. Yeah. You know, one of them waterproof Absolutely. cases. That's what it is. Because I doubt you brought your computer in there. I mean. Unless he's bathing and has a little shelf that goes over the tub that he sits and chats with. <laughs> Just sits in the Seems tub. Seems like a great idea. Gets on chat rooms. Dirk says, only dangerous if your junk's hanging in the water. Yeah. See, I don't have that I don't have that problem. Water is plenty far away from me when I'm sitting on the old toity. All right. So anyway, that's the answer to that question. Uh, mixed, I guess, but if we're going by the CDC recommendations, the answer is no. I tend to not listen to a lot of CDC recommendations. Lightning can jump a long ways. Yeah. It jumps from the sky. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it hit it's, a barn way away from my house and set my house on fire. So. It's not jumping between water droplets to kill you. There yeah. is enough water droplets close enough together in a stream, in a large stream of water, that that is ridiculous. No, I shoot say. mine up towards the ceiling and first. let it rain down on and you? And let it come down. It literally hits the ceiling. There's still and enough then it just touching. Rains. No. No, I don't believe For you. For you to just outwardly say, no, lightning can't jump well, between, <laughs> between water drops. I don't think it can. It can jump super far, lightning. Could it jump the Empire State? 100 building? feet, it just said. 100 feet? Yes. It Is there 100 that? feet between your water Not droplets? mine. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, mine are, yeah. I don't think it can jump <laughs> it must that must be far. the coldest shower in the world when you're getting a drop every 100 feet. I love a good cold shower. <laughs> Wakes you up. It's cold showers are better for you. Cold shock proteins. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Apparently. A lot of MMA fighters do that. Right. I mean, and <laughs> look at me. Yeah. You kind of look yeah. like an MMA fighter. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like the guy that brings the towel to the MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah. And wipes the blood off his face. His name is Earl. <laughs> no, it could still be Jerry. Well, it could be. It could be Jerome. Yeah. Gerald. Hey, Gerald, get the towel over here. I mean, that is my name. Yes, sir. Yeah. Or you just, yes, call, sir, Mr. Liddell. just call me Ralph. Ralph, get the towel. Come on. Um, a shower it is droplets. It's just small stream. Isn't droplets. No, by the time it hits your body, it's droplets. Oh There's my no God. way just it's a stream. I'm, if, tell, I'm serious. It's if, not if a stream. They, if the plumbing pipe was Even, energized with electricity, it would certainly electrocute you if you're standing in a shower. Nope. <laughs> That's just crazy. Most shower heads are plastic. What does that have to do? Oh yeah, with the anything? water's in the, the water's in the metal tube. <laughs> yeah. I guess that. And true. then you're standing in a little puddle that's touching a metal drain. I don't know. There's just it's not like you hear it on the news very often. No. Just I just it don't. Only goes for journalists. Wants to keep it quiet. Yeah, I think there's an underground society keeping quiet who's dying in showers <laughs> from lightning strikes. All right, let's do some news. I I have no. News. You have nothing. No, I mean this was on a whim, Chris. All right. Well, anyway, DC fandom. It happened a couple weeks ago, right? It did happen a couple weeks ago. Um, lots of stuff coming out of that, like. For example, oh, they had a ton of trailers come out for new things like uh, the Flash. They oh, had the yeah. Flash I trailer about that, came that one. Out. Actually, that one looked awesome. I have been so skeptical for the Flash 
for a long time because it's been talked about for the last five or six years. Keeps getting new directors and being dropped here, dropped there. And I really thought DC was basically destroying the franchise um, for what they were doing. But it's finally came through. Um, what's the actor's name? What's his name? Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller? Yeah. Ezra Miller. He's the main guy. He plays the Flash. And he was in uh, Justice League and another Batman movie, I think, right? No. Or was it just Justice League? Justice League and like a little bit in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So he kind of spearheaded the whole thing, putting it together and making it go through. And he wrote a script. I don't know if that's the script they're using. Though. And then he beat a woman. And then he beat a woman in an alley. So they postponed it. Drunkenly. <laughs> By it, like two, two years. Had to fix that uh, issue, which is fine. Um, anyway, it's going to be real. It's a real thing. Because then they just posted the trailer for it, and it looks absolutely amazing. They're doing, obviously, the Flashpoint Paradox where... Um, the flash goes back in time, you know, spends time backwards and goes and sees who kills his mom. And he also finds, uh, another Batman, other Batmans, like other people. Yeah. And Michael Keaton was a Batman and they definitely reveal that Michael Keaton is going to be in the movie, which we already knew. It's just when you see it in a trailer, it just gets me all, you know, just rock. <laughs> You know, it really hot does. And bothered. Just hot and bothered. Seeing those big ass ears sticking up. And then at the end of the trailer, he like pulls a cover off something, but you know it's the Batmobile, you know, the old school Batmobile from the 90 or 89 uh, Batman. And I'm just all for it. I am absolutely all for it. I think it's really good. I also think Ezra Miller is a really good flash. I agree. Yeah. No, I think it'll be really good because it's going to completely reset everything that DC's done. Yes. Which they need to do. They definitely so need to do that. They need to do that real bad. Before we go into the rest of the trailers, I forgot one piece of news that we definitely need to be talking about. Okay. Um, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That guy had a had a rough week. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> terrible like yeah. horrendous like sounding story i don't know if anybody heard this but they were filming uh on the set i think everybody has heard this of rust a movie called rust that he was one of the producers of mm -hmm. and also the star of and apparently in the filming of this or in rehearsals i wasn't really clear um there was a live ammunition in one of the prop guns yep and he aimed right at camera and the cinematographer was killed and the director was hit. Yeah, was injured. She was uh, yeah, shot in the face and killed. And then, yeah, the other director was injured as well. Chest and, uh, yeah, huge, huge tragedy. It reminds me of the only other time I know of that that happened was The Crow. Yeah, Brandon where Lee. Brandon Lee got shot um, by a live round as well. I didn't know it was a live round that... I don't know if they know for sure. They didn't know for a long time. I think maybe they have said now it's a live, it was a live round. Okay. Um, to be honest, a blank round that you shoot, because all of these guns they have are real. They're real. They, they shoot yeah. real guns, and they shoot blank rounds, and it is a whole brass casing with just black powder in it, you know, and that's all it is. So you shoot off the black powder... That's all that usually comes out. But if there is any sort of projectile of any sort in the barrel, it will be shot out. Yeah. And you've got to make sure that those are taken care of. And 
honestly, the people that they need to be looking at hard is not Alec Baldwin, is the prop master and whoever was in charge well, of any of the handlings of those firearms. I think it's, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff, right? So I do think there's got to be some responsibility for the person that pulls the trigger to at least have the knowledge or the ability to check a gun before they fire it. Yes, instead of just blindly trusting the person handing it to you. Yeah. Um, I could understand so that. So apparently this set was a mess from like day one and there had been other accidental discharges previously. Really? Uh, I had heard that, but that's kind of in dispute. What isn't in dispute is that the armor, so they have an armor. That's the yeah. person that handles guns. Um, it's a very specific checklist of things they have to do. Mm-hmm. The armor has a rolling tray with the guns on them. They're, they have to leave, not leave those at any point. They get the gun prepared for the scene. They give it to the first assistant director they hold it in front of them. They run a stick all the way through the barrel out the back so they can see there's a yellow thing on the end so they yeah. can see that. They show them all that. That is checked off. It is handed to the first assistant director and handed to the cast member. So it's a very specific thing. Okay. Apparently, the armor wasn't even there. There was just a cart of guns. And now you have to remember, they're making a Western. So you have to use real ammunition in a revolver in a close-up scene so that you see bullets. Bullets. Yeah, well, they have dummy rounds, though, that you could put in there with a blank. Yes, you, you should never have any. I, I should take that. Not real. You should never have any live rounds, but they do have dummy rounds. Yeah. Um, so that didn't happen. She wasn't there. The director, first assistant director, just walked up and grabbed a gun and gave it to him. Um, but then there were some also some weird things that were said by the cast that they actually weren't filming, and that he made a joke, and he said, well, what if I just shoot you? And then he pulled the trigger and it shot. What? Something along those lines. I don't know the details. I don't want to spread rumors. So there's a lots of weird stuff going on. Wow. Now that that's strange. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, this is where we get into the conspiracy theory of it all. Are you aware uh, of the conspiracy? Go ahead. So while Nolan Green said they were improperly made dummy rounds, improvised from live cartridges uh, that had the powder charges removed. So that's 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 what it is. Do you want to give any credits credence to conspiracy theories whatsoever, or do you want to just breeze by them? Oh no, we can talk about it. Okay, there is one flying around. Um. Yes. Yeah, so she had a tweet about uh okay what backstory on this this person that was killed the cinematographer Mm -hmm. her husband is a lawyer for one of the biggest law firms in dc that happens to represent both the clintons and the clinton foundation yeah um earlier in the year the lead attorney for the clintons was um indicted under federal law for possibly lying to the fbi okay Okay. Earlier this year, supposedly, and I've seen a picture, doesn't mean it's real. Right. I've seen it as well. There's a tweet that she wrote on Twitter that said she basically had information that would lead directly to the arrest of the Clintons. Yes. Hillary and Bill Clinton. I think she just put Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, I believe. Yeah. And now she's dead. Right. And there's a long line of dead people behind the Clintons. There really is. I don't, At this point, I know it's conspiracy and I don't want to I don't I don't want to lean into that. I don't either, but I mean it was a conspiracy theory that the virus leaked from the lab. 
And now it's the truth. And it and it did. Uh, yeah, there's that. That one is hard to deny because there are so many bodies associated with people that are tied to Hillary Clinton or, or the Clinton Foundation, both of them, whatever. It's just really weird. Yeah. And and it might not even be true. It, it might. It might not. Might a lot of it could be. It could be a fake thing that you see on social media that's the thing a lot of know. it could be fake that i've read or seen a, a lot of it could be i don't fact check a lot of that stuff i kind of just brush over it and be like wow that's weird i brushed Ooh. over it i didn't read deep, dig deep i don't know anything about i'm not a conspiracy theory guy yeah yeah i i, I, I really am not that, either any of that's true um but anyway it's a super sad story for everybody involved and i don't know how that can possibly happen. I just don't. I really don't either. Understand how that can even happen. How you could even have. I mean, at okay. So I know he's a Hollywood actor, and they don't necessarily. You know, I guess I don't know for him. He's been anti-gun for a long time, like openly, yeah. publicly. Um, so I doubt he's going to a shooting range on weekends, but. At this point in his career, he's probably handled quite a few guns on sets you know, of movies that he's done, Absolutely. right? So you, like you said, there is a little bit of issue there where you should kind of make sure, like make sure everything's okay. I mean, if somebody handed me a gun. I don't let my kids point Nerf guns at people. Well, I know. I don't either. And you don't point guns at people. Well, I mean, if he's directed to do that, it's one thing. I don't know why you would ever I don't even literally think, aim I think it right that, at the camera. Well, they were doing... Uh, that shot and they were making okay set up the shot and get away from the camera right that's why i I think if i ever had i was holding a real gun in my hand there would be no chance even if i was on a movie set or directed that i'm gonna sit in front of it that i would point it at a human being directly would it off to the right of them left of them yeah now i understand there's circumstances if you're running or doing something that you maybe can't help it but But in the shot needed to be right at the camera okay that's fine and the actor can know that it's going to be right at the camera, but at the end of the day, why are you sitting behind it? Why are you sitting directly in front of where he's going to shoot? Yeah. That's kind of a red flag. Well, the other thing that's weird about it, too, is like this is a exact plot line, apparently, from the video game Hitman. It is? There is a... I played all of Hitman. There is I don't remember a that. portion of that game where that you go onto a movie set and replace dummy rounds with live ammunition to carry out a hit i don't remember that i don't remember that either but i did uh i mean i played the all of those games um anyway so uh, eric asked have we talked about saga not cut up on snarf and snarf things um not caught up enough on saga to really talk about it well what she's referencing is that they are going to they're making a new uh brian k vaughn's writing another oh really uh book okay she messaged us that and i we, must not have seen it. i think Sorry. we both commented actually Maybe not. I know I did, but yeah, Brian K. Vaughn's writing uh, more issues of Saga. It's, oh. it's going to start, I think, next year. Nolan said that, what he said about the dubbing round thing, that was for The Crow. Oh, that was, oh, for The Crow. Okay, I see. I thought. I guess I always thought The Crow was there was something shrapnel in the barrel, and the blank blasted it out. Maybe. It, I know it all happened during the scene where he was standing on top of the table, and they're all shooting at him with multiple different weapons, so... They, it, the investigation in that took a really long time because there were so many different guns firing at the same time. Yeah, um, all pointed at him. I mean, that's the thing when filming, you do 
kind of have to point it at the person. I mean, Not you can really. angle it away, but when you have 15 people shooting at you and you're standing on a table flailing around, yeah, it's kind of hard to aim away from somebody, but it was just one bullet and it was, and it killed them. So that's crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, uh, DC fandom, um, other things that came out, a uh, brand new Batman trailer. Have we talked about it? I don't, I don't think we have, we not the final one. The final trailer came out uh, recently. Um, if you haven't seen it and you're a fan, definitely check it out. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I've had my ups and downs with this. I agree. Me too. And I, so I've been hyped for the movie for a long time. Then, you know, a, a trailer or two came out and I was like, okay, that looks good. But I don't know. And then I got kind of like down on it. Where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know if it's going to be that good. I don't know if I like Robert Pattinson's voice. But this last trailer that came out erased all of that for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. He looks great. I'm. It looks dark. I'm all in on it this. It looks comic booky. It, it looks everything that it needs to be. It, I, I, it, it does. What I like the most from what I've seen so far, and I've said it forever, never believe the trailers, but I don't believe this trailer is like showing you something different than what's actually going to be in the movie but the way they have the villains as like real people rather than like more comic booky like yeah. two-face you know like two-face is all scarred up um but he's a real guy he's like a mob boss guy and you can tell he's clearly a normal person or like you know a maniac type guy but still not you know, he doesn't have a discolored face. It's not burnt up. It's just scarred really bad on one side. And then you know the Riddler is looks very normal because he is sitting at a bar in the beginning of the uh, trailer and he looks just like a normal human being. being. So I like that. I like the aspect of grounding it in more like a, realistic. a more realistic type villain. Yeah. yeah. Even though, I, I mean, I'm all for anything they want to do with Batman. I don't, I, don't, I don't care what you give me with Batman. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to give you my money. But I just like the new take of a much more realistic uh, type villain. Even, you know, even like the Christopher Nolan type movies didn't do that no you know and the joker kind of it was a more realistic joker but he still was a comic book character right yeah i don't know i i thought after watching it i said that that very well could be and and that's a high bar i mean dark knight is one of the best movies of all time it is but this movie looks really good it it could be on par with that yeah for sure um other things that came out dc fandom harley quinn season three are you a fan of the show i have never watched it Um, i honestly haven't i i should it's really good it's a really good show. I have not caught up on all of it. I've kind of seen it here and there, but it's a really, really good, fun, funny show. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're not into it, then skip it. But yeah, uh, Kaylee Cuoco is really good, and the whole she cast. is Harley Quinn. She right? is Harley Quinn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Black Adam with The Rock. What do you I, think about that? That was a teaser. Um, it's not an actual trailer. It's just a teaser of the. Is that what they go? Yeah, a feature app because they go like behind the scenes a little bit. Um, I thought it was really great. I had texted you after I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, that that kind of like may, perked my interest a lot." <clears throat> I think the uh, <coughs> excuse me. I thought the 
animate or not animation, but CGI was really good. I think The Rock looks really good as Black Adam, and I'm pretty interested in it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it looked a little generic-y, but I think it has a potential. Yes, to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be necessarily my favorite thing ever, but it it looked good enough. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not putting it up there. You know, at the top echelon of what DC movies can be, but it didn't. I, I had no, like, nothing to talk about with Black Adam. Like, I didn't care about it. I didn't need it no. in my life. I don't know about the character at all. Like, none. So, this is going to be an introduction for me to that. Um, and my introduction looked, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, next one, they had a trailer for Peacemaker, the new HBO Max series. Right? Is it going to be an HBO Max series? Yes. Um, with uh, John Cena in the spinoff from The Suicide Squad. Um, this is one that I've been confused by how they're even going to do this. Mm-hmm. But after watching the trailer, I'm really looking forward to it. I thought it looked like a lot of fun. It does look like a lot of fun, and I'm on board with it. Uh, another thing that I didn't know about the character, I know nothing about anything, any backstory, uh, but after seeing that trailer, it perked my interest for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, another trailer we had was for the new Arkham series game, Gotham Knights. Um, so this is, so the game itself is where you play as multiple different characters. Yeah. I don't think Batman's in it. You play as Robin and Batgirl. And I think there's like characters. a sliver of Batman in Probably, it. Probably. I'm sure. I mean, you can't make a Batman game without Batman. Well, I know. And they, there are a lot of other characters. I think there's, is there, uh, um, yeah, Robin, Batgirl, is there Red Hood? Um, there's probably Red Robin. There's probably, yeah, all of those characters. Jason Todd's, um, yeah, Red Hood. Um, there's a lot of them. Nightwing's probably in it. I mean, there's probably oh, there is definitely Nightwing. Um, and it's all dealing with the Court of Owls, though. The storyline looks like it's all about the and Court of Owls. That's what I'm excited about. I mean, they're doing the the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run, the Court of Owls, which the single greatest Batman run of all time. It's it's up there, man, for sure. For a it's long, my favorite. For a long-running run, yeah. And it's new, too. That's what's crazy. I know. It, it literally new came 52 out. New 52 would be maybe late 2010s. I think it was 13 or 14. Okay. Something like that. Uh, it was right after Grady was born, I believe, is when I read it. I guess I don't know initially when it came out. It could have been a year or two before that, but I read it around like 12, 13, 14, something like that, and... Man, blows me away for comic books. I'm glad they're doing something with it. They tried to do a little bit with it in the show Gotham, didn't they? Um, but it really hasn't. They did. Yeah, they did the Court of Owls storyline. It was good. Gotham was great. Um, this is looks more true to the book. This looks much more true to the book, yes. So I'm excited about it. The other trailer, I didn't watch the trailer, or if it was just announced. Aquaman in the Last Kingdom, Lost Kingdom. No, there's not a trailer. Um, trailer. So they just announced that that was happening. Um, I don't have any interest in that. So, but they're going to say it's a more mature sequel. Um, I hope so. I was just watching that movie again the other day, and just because it was on TV, I think Amy turned it on, and uh, what a letdown! I never made it through the movie because it wasn't good. You never made it through the whole movie? No, all the way. No, really? I don't think so. I don't think it was that bad at all. I, I had a hard time with it, but that's fine. There were some other things announced. I, I, they're not on the list I have, but those must have been the biggest ones. 
I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Shazam two. Shazam two. They had they threw out a featurette. A featurette, as well. yeah. Um, that one I'm 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 in for. I'm waiting for that. I I loved the first one. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. I thought it was one of the best things DC had put out in a long time. You know, and it's again it, maybe this isn't on par with what Marvel's doing at all, and it's not necessarily some of the greatest stuff that you can watch, but for DC and what they've put out, that's that movie stood out to me above a lot of them because it was super fun. There was still action and you get to see like superheroes doing superhero stuff. But I love the dynamic between like kids and adults in movies. And I think they did that really well. So hopefully they can continue that with the second movie. Erica says, uh, love Harley. I would say, yeah. So that Harley Quinn show, if you like that character is probably the best portrayal of that character in anything video you know really that dc has done and it's a comedy and yeah i just think they do a great job with the character um it's a great watch for something that you just want to flip on and it's fun is it it's uh obviously on hbo max now yes, yeah. hbo max okay I'll have um, to, i do have to check it out i should look at some of that stuff because i haven't ever watched it so that's all I got for news, unless you got anything else. I don't have anything. Do you want to jump into our discussion on Dune? Yeah, I think do we do Dune do and 20 then, movies first. I don't know. What should be the right order of that? Um, what time we get? Uh, we like 45 minutes. Okay, let's do the 20 movies that way. If somebody doesn't want spoilers, they can still hang out for a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I okay. think that's a good idea. So... As we mentioned earlier, we went to see Dune. We saw it in IMAX. We just got back from it. Literally came directly here. Um, I mentioned earlier, it's my favorite book of all time, or one of my top five anyway. And Jerry's also a big fan of the book. Right there with you, yep. Um, I've read several of the original, of Frank Herbert's. I didn't mm-hmm. read like his sons after. There's a no, lot I of don't, books. I, I don't think, think anybody needs to. Everything I've ever read uh, about... Uh, you know, how to read Dune or like the, uh, what order you should read Dune in things like that. Almost all of them leave out as kids books. I I have seen complete runs where people are saying, okay, read all of Frank Herbert's and then get into his son's stuff. And this is how you read them. I've not heard they're bad, but they're just, yeah, it's just so distant from the original. But there's six, I think, original books by Frank Herbert. I believe it is six, um, yes. So there's plenty to read. I just bought the whole box set. It's huge. I, I don't even know if I'll get through it. I think I, just I only started, read the first three. So I just started the second book. I had never read anything but the first book of Dune, um, and that's why I started looking at like reading order because I didn't know what was the second or third books. Right. Um, but I got them on uh, Kindle Cloud Reader, so I can read it basically anywhere. So anyway, we're going to talk about review the movie. Um, got a lot to say about it. Yes. Before that, though, we're going to do we we were going to do like a top ten space type movie, but I didn't want to pin it down. I didn't want to water it down with sci-fi. Ooh! Did you hear that thunder? That's that's some thunder. Yeah. Good thing I'm not showering. <laughs> um. So I just looked up an article that was top twenty movies to watch if you can't wait for Dune. So I figured we could go through this list and kind of talk about some of these movies, whether they should be on it or not. And it's not our list. So not our list. So the order doesn't make a lot of sense. So here's the top 20 or the order doesn't make a a lot of difference. Really. We're just talking about the movies. 
Yeah, so these aren't ranked, right? They're it's not just, ranked. It's no. just saying, like, these are 20 movies that you need to watch before going to see Dune. Okay. Okay. Number one. All right. Chronicles of Riddick. I've never seen it. Unbelievable to me. I remember you telling me <laughs> yeah. that. Um, absolutely love those movies. You do. I think there's three of them and an animated movie. You know, I've just never gotten into that. So it started, all started with Pitch Black, which yes. was this really low budget kind of sci-fi horror movie. And I always loved that movie. And it was a while before they made more of them. But I always loved that movie. And then they came back and made, I think, two more. Yeah, I think there's three total. total or or maybe three more. I don't remember. A bunch more. Yeah. I thought all of them were spectacular. I loved them a lot. I like the animated movies. I was really into the Riddick stuff. Yeah, I see that. And I I don't, I just, I wasn't. I'd never really heard you talk about it before either. It's definitely like, uh, like big budget sci-fi, but. It, the not the first one not pitch black um well that was low budget but i just mean like it was general audience sci-fi okay um but it does go deep and it has a lot of like lore to it the mm-hmm. more you kind of get into it i just think it's great i think you would enjoy it i think anybody can enjoy those movies especially if you like that genre so i do well think, and i do obviously so i should probably check it out i think that's a it, it's not like dune really it's more no. an action movie it's more yeah. of an action movie but it's like aliens, right? Is there aliens involved? Yeah. Yes, there's aliens involved. There's I mean, it's there's a it's a whole Hey, look at me like that. I've never I've never seen anything about it or played the games or none of it. It's I a know whole nothing. like it's got a backstory. All, all you know? I know is that it's uh, epic. He's got the goggles on. And that's the guy. You know, like <laughs> Vin Diesel, bald head, goggle goggles. guy all i know okay well you should definitely definitely watch that movie well all those of them. movies yes yeah. um and i would agree with that number two on the list is battle beyond the stars i don't know that movie i don't know it either it's from 1980 sean johnson said what like question mark exclamation point i'm pretty sure it was my reddick or riddick, riddick thing well sorry it doesn't make any sense um so we'll skip that one because neither of us know what it is next one is stargate 1994. Oh, yeah. Roland Emmerich directed uh, Kurt Russell's in a James Spader. I love Stargate. I love Stargate as well. And then it was a long running series. And I never watched the series. The series was great too. But the you movie watched the is, whole series? I don't know if I watched all of it, but oh. I definitely watched it like growing up. It was on all the time. But I thought it was only on like sci fi. No, it was on TV. I remember watching it. It was on like. Prime television? I think it might have been on like WGN or something like that. Maybe it was. I don't remember it being on that. I just remember seeing it on like reruns on the Sci-Fi Channel or USA. I remember watching that like I watched Xena or watched Hercules. Oh, maybe it probably was then. And it might have been reruns that I was watching it. That's possibly it was on cable first and then it was reruns. Could have been. I don't remember. I love the but movie. The though. movie. Um, absolutely the original movie you gotta watch everybody i think it, it might be dated now though i don't know oh i'm sure it is but either way if you if you enjoy space you know sci-fi type movies stargate is an original in my book you know yeah so that's a good one um next one on the list john carter that's another one i haven't seen you haven't seen john carter no um i've maintained we've talked about it on the I show know. I think that the that movie was undersold. Like it, it's known as the big one of the biggest flops in history. Yes, 
and I don't think it's given any respect, but it's not a bad movie. And you've told you've said that a lot. You've told me that, and uh, I've heard other people say the same thing. I believe Erica is one of them that has said uh, she enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I need to go watch it. It's confusing. It's complicated. It could have been part of a larger universe. It tried. Well, it has a larger universe. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of backstory there. There's a lot of material to pull from. Yeah. I just don't know if they did that. So that's one of them. Um, yeah, and I would say that also very epic space sci-fi, so that would be a good choice similar to Dune. Uh, next one on the list is Dune from 1984. Dune. Oh, yeah. I... The Sting movie. David Lynch. The um, only reason you would need to watch the movie Dune before watching the new movie Dune. You should not. Is just to make fun of it. It's cheesy. It's not very good. I li- I love it. But it's more. Um, it, we had this conversation in the ride back from the movie. And it's more of a nostalgia, nostalgia thing. Nostalgia thing. Yeah. Where you grew up with that movie and you know you, you like it because of that. Yeah. But if you're going to have a retelling of Dune, it, it they literally tell the entire story of like the first book, anyways, in two two hours. It's just not possible. Like the amount of story you got to chew through and just skip over, yeah, is really bad. I mean, that's really it's not it's not an ideal movie. No, some people love it, but I don't know. Next one on the list is based off of another one of my top five favorite book series of all time, and that's Ender's Game. The movie was made in 2013 with Harrison Ford. They tried to... I saw that, and I don't remember anything about it. It's not great, but it's not another huge flop, like a famous flop. Yep. Um, Spent a bunch of money. Harrison Ford, it flopped hard. It wasn't a terrible movie. The book series is phenomenal it's oh a, you've it's, read it oh yeah i oh i didn't know that. love those books forever it's it's a y essentially a ya book series yeah i read it probably started reading it in high school there's many 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 books mm. but i love them they're some of my favorite books of all time i would highly recommend people reading the books despite them being a little more on the ya side they're still very enjoyable by adults similar to hunger games type type thing but with sci-fi more um, and the movie, I didn't think the movie was terrible. They should have kept going with it. There's a lot more. That's the thing. Like Ender's Game is the first book, first movie, and very much like just a tiny opening crack of a door into a huge universe. Yeah. So there's that's so much the problem with it. a lot of sci-fi movies. And when you have a lot of content behind the movies, is that if the first movie doesn't do what you expect it to do. You get nothing else. Yeah. Even if it's not a flop, even if it's just mediocre or it d- just didn't have the turnout that they the company thought it was going to, you just don't get any more of it. And it's really a shame because people miss out on so much good content. And you could be making really great movies if you put the right people in the right places um, for all of those you know, all of the audience that was reading the books and do do want something like that. I understand it costs, everything costs money. And if you aren't making it, a lot of things don't happen, but I feel like this happens more often than not with sci-fi type films. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, or fantasy type films because all of, there's just so much content for a lot of these, like, you know, things. I don't know. Next movie on the list is a Paul Verhoeven movie. Okay. What's it going to be? 
I have no idea. I don't even know that name. Yes. Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, he's the creator and director of RoboCop. Come on. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Starship Troopers, a movie that I've watched very recently. I think we talked about it last year we, when I watched it. We did. Um, holds up. I mean, the acting is terrible. Sure. But the plot and the story and the script is, bam, it's good. Man. It is so good. It's one of the best sci-fi I like, say it every time, scripts ever written. I say it every time, but it's the first movie that I saw a naked lady in when I was growing up. Probably the same. And it, my mom about like flipped out, you know, when we were watching it all together. And all of a sudden it just popped up that way. And she wanted to turn the whole thing off. And I was like, it's, I bet you she's probably not like, like that the rest of the movie. I bet you she puts clothes on like after that. I've seen, I, she let me watch it a bunch of times after that, but it was, uh, it was a little risque, risque for me as yes, a kid. Definitely. But it's a wonderful movie when it comes to space bugs. It's really, really cheesy and the acting is terrible, but it's a really solid script. And yeah. I, I was amazed on rewatching it how good it actually is. Well, they, they continued on with Stargate. Or Starship Troopers? Or, uh, yeah, the Starship Troopers after that movie. I don't know if they created another like big-budget movie, but I'm pretty sure there was a show. Oh, I don't know. I don't think there was a show. There might have been more movies. I don't know. I think it's there really was a show. It's a really interesting movie. It, it's a very different script, and I think it's really well done. Um, next one, we got to move through these a little faster. Silent Running from 1972. Never heard of it, so skip one. that. Next one is a 2002 animated movie, Treasure Planet. Don't know that one either. Oh, yes, you have. You've You've seen Treasure Planet. It was a Disney movie. I don't think I have. It is it is the movie Treasure uh, Island. Okay. Treasure Island, you know, the classic yeah. movie, uh, book. Um, but it is set in the future in space. Okay. And it was a Disney movie. Or I don't know if it was Disney or not. But anyway, we'll skip that since so you haven't seen it. They've came out with a lot of Starship Trooper movies. I'm There's sure. two, three, four. It was four. a huge hit yeah. at the time. Um, next one on the list is one that is near and dear to my heart, and that is The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is an amazing movie. <laughs> it is so good. It is so great. Um, I don't know that it's similar to Dune, but it is a fun sci-fi. Oh, yeah. I, space, I am a meat popsicle. future movie. I love it. I was obsessed with, um, I can't, what's her name? Mia Jovenich. Me, yeah. After yes. that movie. That Multi, movie is so multi-pass. great. Multipass. Yeah, multipass. And uh, that uh, my buddy Nate he, Pagoda, he's been on the show a few times. He uh, has a picture. You can Google it. Actually, you can Google "I am a meat popsicle," um, and you got to scroll down quite a ways. Now it used to be up towards the top, but uh, that's a quote from the movie. And he took a picture of himself, or I actually took the picture of him when he was like frozen out on the dam. He had ice all over his beard and face and everything, and he posted that to reddit i believe and it kind of i wouldn't say went viral but if you searched it it would be like in the top five pictures images on google i thought that was kind of neat yeah that's the tie-in to the fifth element (laughs) um next one on the list is the last starfighter this was like the star wars knockoff of star wars knockoffs but I remember watching it as a kid, and I have memories. This is in an my 80s head. movie, right? Yeah, early 84. Yeah, I know I've seen it. Um, I know I've seen it. I just don't know who's in it or a lot of the plot. Lance Guest. Um, after finally achieving the high score on Starfighter, his favorite arcade game, everyday teenager Alex Rogan. Like, has to actually do it then, right? Yeah. Yep. 
and he gets in a mm-hmm. starfighter, yeah, a spaceship. It appears next to his house, I believe. Yeah, it's not a bad movie, but whatever. Don't it's watch. a typical eighties movie. Yeah. It's fine. Next one on the list is another uh, movie I loved as a kid, uh, Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, um, but it's very dated. Flash. Ah! Love it. Uh, here's another one I loved as a kid. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Absolutely. Beyond Thunderdome is... Tina. Was it Tina Turner? That yes. Was... <laughs> yes. She was in it. And then the whole guy on his... I don't know. Um, what was his name? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. It's a super something. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. Yes. Beyond Thunderdome. Great movie. Love them. I like all the Mad Max. It's the cheesiest of all the Mad Max movies, but it also like has. It's a just so fun. Beautiful '80s quality to it. Yes. Um, next movie on the list is one that's super near and dear to my heart. Saw it before I even knew that the show existed, and absolutely loved the movie for years before really? I even knew that there was a show. That's Serenity. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Yeah, I I saw that movie when it came out originally. Well, I know, but I didn't know that you. And it was years before I watched Firefly. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, Serenity, absolutely wonderful. But I came into it opposite than that. And... Yeah, uh, we were just talked about Firefly. It's one series that I will go back continually and watch and watch. It's wonderful. Because, and there's not a lot of shows I can say that about. But there's only one season, and I think eight episodes. Yeah, not very many. So. Um, number next one on the list is Blade Runner 2049 directed by Dune director yeah. Denny Villeneuve Denny Villeneuve Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford this was a great movie it was a really good movie yes it's uh, visually appealing long but I think that's a, a theme for <laughs> Denny Denny uh, it's very good yeah Ryan Gosling was good Harrison Ford was good I think it was great yeah next one on the list is Star Wars. Of course. all yes. Any and all Star Wars. Um, this will just transition us right into our review of Dune. There will be some spoilers later on. Um, nothing that I think is that important. We will try not to spoil the plot necessarily. Um, yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But um, it is very apparent, and this is a known fact, that George Lucas borrowed heavily from Dune Correct. when writing and conceiving of but Star the, Wars. But the more and more I see of Dune... It is. It's hard to just. It's unbelievable. A lot was lifted. George Lucas took a lot of liberties of of the exact same things, just changing their names. Yeah, you know, it's literally just changing a name to something different, and not even necessarily changing the names that much. No, really, yeah, it's not. It's uh, Dune had an effect on almost all space movies. Absolutely. I mean, it really did. I mean, that book. Uh, started it all i mean when did it come out in the 50s um or was it 60s 60s. Um, i didn't know if it was late 50s or early 60s it might be like 64 something like that let me look either way long time ago this book was 1965 65 it was published a really long time ago right so a lot of people got their hands on it clearly read it there's a 60s music might have played a part in the conceiving of dune you think so why it's just kind of a trippy movie like, yeah or the story yeah it's the story is is hard to understand it's very um 
at first. There's just so much. There's so many different words that you've never read and made up languages and made up uh, beings and people. And there's certain ways to pronounce it. And if you don't understand how to pronounce it, it's like, I don't know. I've pronounced most of the names wrong the entire time. And then I, we have the ability to Google things now. And I literally Googled on how to say some of the words and Frank Herbert legitimately recorded himself saying the names of things and then and released that with books yeah um that you could play because he knew obviously right off the bat that nobody's going to know how to say that yeah so uh, we'll talk about the movie when i discovered dune the book probably in high school or maybe in college i don't remember or a long time ago at this point um i didn't really know that much about it other than like this is a thing that nerds like yeah and so i'm like okay and I felt at that point like I was identifying more and more down that road. So I'm like, you know, I, I really need to check this out. It's street cred, right? You got to read this. Sure. And and it's one of those rare instances when you read something and it just like. Just it, like resonates with it's you. It's so good. It's so good to exactly what I like. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that would read it and be like, it's long. It's boring. It's just too much politics. There's too much this, too, too much people thinking. A lot of that. But um, I don't know. For for whatever reason, this just captured my imagination completely. And, you know, ever since then, I've just been, you know, you then you'll go back after that and watch the 80s movie again that you briefly saw parts of when you were a kid. And you rewatch it and you're like, this isn't the same it's thing. It's not the same thing, yeah. No. And it's a... Yeah, it was a failure to translate what the book was, and I think they just kind of borrowed from the book. That sci-fi series from the early two thousands, I thought, did a pretty reasonably good job. Um, it was very, very well done. But you always thought to yourself, like, I this is what they need to make on a big scale, like a Star Wars scale. They do. I, it blows my mind that it really hasn't been done. I no. mean, they tried a little bit here and a little bit there. There's a documentary out. I think it's called Jaworski's Dune. This, they tried to do it in the 70s, right around when Star Wars came out. They tried to make the big budget. Yeah. It might have been even after Star Wars, but like in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And whatever for whatever reason, it failed. They made a whole documentary about it. It just came out about that movie. Um, What's it on? I would love to. Jawar, Jador, Jodorowsky's Dune. Part thoughtful tribute, part bittersweet reminder of a missed opportunity. Jaworski's Dune offers a fan- fascinating look at a lost sci-fi legend. Um, filmmaker Alejandro, whatever, discusses how he, he would have adapted Frank Herbert's classic sci-fi novel Dune for the big screen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's your typical documentary type thing. But um, I thought it was like a Chicagoan. Jim Jaworski. Jim Jaworski. I believe that's one of the super fans. Sausage. One of the super fans from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I think it's something Jaworski. And yeah. So when they announced this movie now, two years we've been talking about this, right? Um, We have. It has been the forefront of everything I've been looking forward to. Um, So are we getting into it now? Yes. Okay. Um, Initial reaction. Initial reaction is like awe it's just i didn't know 
I, I honestly didn't know it was going to be part one and part two. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about how long it was, uh, like the book-wise anyways. It's like an 800-page book, but, I mean, Harry Potter made each one of the books into single movies. I literally thought this was going to be a single movie. Uh, this is a part one of multiple movies, and even watching it, I didn't know it was the end. I thought they were like half halfway through. I was just watching the story. You know, the story that I've read and loved. I'm watching the story as it goes along, playing out, and thought they were going to just keep continuing on. And then it ends. I was like, what? Yeah. It's over? The first thing I said to Jerry <laughs> when I walked out of it is, that was the fastest two-hour and 45-minute movie I've ever it, sat through. It's almost three hours long, and I I didn't even know it was over an hour or an hour and a half. I, I really didn't. I was so immersed in the movie. Maybe it was because of the IMAX, you know? Like you had said, we sat relatively close to the screen, and it kind of is around you then. Yeah. And you definitely maybe, felt enveloped a bit in the in the experience that, that we were in, but also in the... Um, cinematography yes and and maybe that was why in scope the cinematography but the way the way they tell the story and the tone of the movie uh to me was just absolutely captivating Uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it and i definitely look forward to the next one um i i need the next one in my life yeah i need it but as we found out on the way home, I looked it up. As of right now, Warner Brothers has not signed anything saying that they're going to make a second Dune. And Most which, likely. Which, and this is a spoiler. This is a straight ending. So they never even finish or resolve almost anything. No, no, it's it literally ends. It's like, it's like you picked mid, up the book. Mid-story, it ends. Yeah, you pick up the book, and at page... 325 you decide to like set it down for a while yeah you just put the bookmark in it right in you finish whatever chapter you're on you know put the bookmark in it and set the book down there you have nothing resolved you have nothing you're in the middle of the story yeah and it ends in the middle of the story there's a little bit of resolve just a tiny bit because they do achieve a goal of getting to the uh, they do, yes, a mini goal. But the interesting thing about this movie is that it, I don't know if it's a consequence of the tone of the movie, but it has a very specific style and tone. If you're familiar with Denny Villeneuve movies, so both Blade Runner and uh, Arrival, mm-hmm. he likes to set a tone, um, and you get very enveloped in that. And it, And like you had said, it's quiet. It's quiet, it's foreboding, but there is a certain expense that comes of that, and that's like your direct um, feelings for the characters or your your emotional involvement in the story. You a bit feel like you're sitting on the outside watching something play out in front of you that's beautiful, Yeah, but you don't necessarily feel a part of it. So that could be a concern. Okay, so I do... I agree with you that the, the, this first movie is going to be that way. Whereas all of the main characters in this first movie with like Leto, uh, Paul's dad. Not Leto. Oscar Isaac. I mean, that's his dad's name, though, is oh, Leto. Okay. 
Yeah, Oscar Isaac plays his dad, but his name is Jared Leto. Go ahead. No, like Leto um, Atreides. Atreides, yeah. He, like him and a few other people, um, what's the guy that trained him? Duncan, Duncan Idaho, like all of these people that are relatively big in the beginning of the book that I feel like you do get to know in the book. You don't For get sure. you don't get that in in the movie. You you don't get that uh you get strong character attachments in the book. Yeah, absolutely because of the like explanation that you're given and you literally have whole chapters dedicated to these people that you're just following them along through Paul's story. And uh, so you don't get it with those people, but I do think you will have it with Paul and his I, mom and the the Fremen that he's going to be involved with. I agree. But that's going to be in the next movie. Yeah, I know. It's you not know, in and, this one. And they, they cover a lot of ground in not, not a way that feels rushed at all. Mm-mm. They do cover ground. They do omit a lot from the book as far as more detailed explanations. And so this was another point we brought up right away. Yeah. If you're not already familiar with the story or familiar with science fiction enough where you can mentally make the leaps that the story wants you to make, Yeah, you're not led by hand. You have to take some responsibility to make these connections. Yeah, And so it could be very difficult for a non-sci-fi fan or a non-fan. I, I don't know if this is pointed at anyone that hasn't read the book. I don't know if it's for you. Yeah. I don't say that to try to keep people from it. If you want to go watch this movie, go for it. You I don't mean, have you to will, have read the book, but you have to enjoy sci-fi. You you will. I feel like you would enjoy it, but yeah, if you're not a sci-fi person. But honestly, I, I do believe. But this ain't if, Star Wars, which has mass appeal, right? Anybody can walk into a Star Wars movie, sit down and enjoy it. Absolutely. It, it's very easy to figure out. There's a lot of nuance to Dune that you don't nece- you won't necessarily get. I, Without piecing it together in your own brain in this movie, you've got to do it on your own um, just by subtle like images that they've given you, and you've got to basically figure it out. Um, you have to be, be able to look at the plot points and the characters and be like, oh, I recognize this archetype. Yeah. So I understand yeah. what the motivations are. Yes. And there's a lot of politics so there and are, there's stuff. houses. And they and they don't cover it in the movie nearly like they do in the book. So that's good and bad because it's one of the better parts of the book. But at the same time, it's stuff that's really hard to watch in a movie. Mm-hmm. And so they, they brush that stuff off quickly, but in a way that's explanatory enough yeah, that agree. you're able to make those leaps. So, so at the end of the day, uh, talking about like who it appeals to or who it doesn't, um, anybody that has read the book, I do believe... Um, it, it's a very good, if not perfect, adaptation of the book you've read in a form that will fit what you want. Because if he if he went about making the movie with all of the explanation that you get out of the book, you're going to have a three hour movie with half as much story covered than we got today. Yeah, you know, so he covered enough story and got to a point in the book and a point that I remember. Um, and ended the movie at this point, and it made me feel good. You know, like I know it does end in the middle, and you don't get any payoff, but essentially you do get the payoff of what they're trying to do basically in the first act of the story because that's all you're getting. You're getting like the first act of a story out of a three-act arc. So 
I assume there's go- they're going to make three movies out of this. Yeah, I would assume as well. I will say, um, I've heard some people say, like, oh, okay, because they've heard that it's similar to Star Wars or Star Wars borrowed from it. Okay, so this is like a Star Wars type movie. And that was one thought I had is that it is not similar to Star Wars as a movie. If anything, it's closer to like a Lord of the Rings in its feel or... Um, you know, something that's a little more epic in scope, like a Lord of the Rings, that's takes itself a little serious. serious yeah. Um, and there was another example I was going to give other than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's not. This is a, this is a serious movie. It's a serious film. Um, it's artistic. It's a serious book. It's not like Star Wars. And I don't want to say that Star Wars is cheesy or a, a comedy by any means, but it's got broad appeal. It has broad appeal compared to this is this does not yeah, Dune does not have broad appeal. I don't think at all because I don't think uh, my wife could sit down and watch this movie. Yeah, I don't think she could. As someone that has never read the book, obviously, she I think she would wonder more about what like what is that? Why why is that so important? You know why are they doing this? What are the what's the hooks? Why do you hold up hooks? I don't get why they, uh, you know, like so many different questions that they would have need that need to be explained. I think it'd be really hard if you haven't read this, the source material. I I thought the other movie, so Lord of the Rings. Okay. I feel like that's a similar or um, planes, trains and automobiles avatar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Has a bit of an avatar type feel to it. um, But with a more artistic, more artistic tone than any of those movies. Like they're trying to make an artistically um, brilliantly looking, interesting, yeah. epic looking movie. And yes. they do it so well. The cinematography is amazing. It's a very a beautiful clean, movie. It's like a, it's, like, it's just such a clean picture. Every frame of the movie is structured to be. And a lot of dark, like it's perfect. A lot of, they just, the art direction was phenomenal. So yeah. if you appreciate that aspect of it, and definitely see it in theaters. We've talked about it. We said at the beginning, this is a theater movie. It is. I don't think you'll get the same experience at home. No, you really won't. Uh, it's so epic. And one of the big parts of that is the soundtrack. Yeah. Is incredible. It's unreal. I, I think the sound of the movie is unreal. Like just... There's an Academy Award in the future. Just the sound of the movie. So, And the reason I say that is because there's not a lot of background music or noise or anything going on it's relatively quiet and there are certain points that get loud and there is music involved obviously but i don't know the way they make it quiet and the the whole tone of the movies like following this quiet thing and then you know a big war breaks out and it gets loud or a very dramatic tense scene might get loud but only for brief moments yeah. and i think it drives the intensity of what's happening they utilize silence very well in it it's so good it's very foreboding in its score hans zimmer uh, was the music composer of course he was and he does he do every movie <laughs> and he specifically used um he did an orchestral score of a pink floyd song he did for one of the main songs uh, you probably didn't even catch it i but didn't uh, originally the 70s movie that we we're talking about that didn't get made yeah uh pink floyd was <clears throat> to do the score of that movie so as an homage to that oh my gosh he used the main song from that p- supposed movie which is a pink floyd cover um for this is in an orchestral setting what is it uh, how did you know that i looked it up 
You just randomly looked up Pink Floyd and and Dune. Um, Pink Floyd cover and Dune trailers worked out over FaceTime by composer Hans Zimmer. Um, Eclipse from Dark Eclipse. Side of the Moon. Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. It's the beginning of it. Yeah. So that's no, awesome. I, I just stumbled upon an article about it. I, no, I didn't know that when I was like, I didn't hear it and think that. Yeah. But I did think throughout that entire movie, what a phenomenal job at scoring that movie. And then also using like very interesting sound effects all the time. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 I can't say how much I love this movie. And the main reason I like this movie is because you sit there for three hours and you feel like you're just getting started. And you're like, what, what are you stopping now? I know it blew me away that it ended. It really did. And you're the one who had said that, like, you know, they, they go through three hours really fast. It's unbelievable how fast that went. I I don't get it. When you talk about like escapism and loving to go to the movies or whatever it is that you love to do to escape, you know, and, and be like in your own element or your own, like have your own moment. This was the ultimate of that, I yeah. think. And we've talked about this before. Liking to be in movies where the entire outside world and all concerns cease to exist. E- yeah. And it Everything. Happens, it happened in Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Um, some other movies we've talked about in the past. Definitely got that feeling here. You're very involved in the story. Now, we sat very close to an IMAX screen. Right. So it did surround us a bit. I would I would recommend that experience for this movie for sure. I, yeah, I would. For um, sure. Yes. I think it's, you know, your standard size screen, I just don't know if it's going to do it I don't know if it would either. And and like I said on the way home, I don't normally have that. I don't normally have the uh, screen size effect movies for me. But I think in order to get the scope of where you're at and what they're dealing with and learning about the planet, like because that's the whole thing. Like this family leaves their home world. And they go to this whole completely different planet of Arrakis. And Arrakis is its own thing. It's like a living being, like this world, right? And and the desert. And I think you need that scope of how big and vast this desert experience is. Yeah. There's no doubt. And I think it that does that. The book does it, and this movie does it. The yeah. main character of the book and the main character of this movie is the desert. Is the desert. Is Arrakis. It's the planet. And it's very similar to Avatar, how... That right. is a similar Pandora's. thing as Pandora. Yeah. So it's just opposite side of the equation. Obviously, it's a desert, but it's a living entity, essentially. I saw a funny TikTok, actually, of a guy. He's like, hey, Dune just came out. He's like holding his phone up above him. He's like, Dune just came out. I thought I'd cosplay, and he's wearing like this tan shirt, and he's kind of a chubby, a really chubby guy. He's like, I'm, gonna, I'm cosplaying as the Dune. He's like, hopefully that's a main character or something uh, or he said i hope they have a big part and then it just ended but i thought that was absolutely hilarious yeah. no it, it is a big part of the movie um so the visuals are a huge part of this movie so watching it at home that's fine but make sure you have a big ass tv you know what surprised me the most honestly is that because i didn't know how the movie was going to be formatted and like done what the storyline was going to be like how it was you know, spread out so far rather than crunched down, um, is that Zendaya, I, I'm pretty sure she says about four words, maybe yeah. five words it's in the entire small, movie. Small part, but we'll have a big part to come. 
she will have a big part to come, but it just surprised me because she was pushed as this huge lead, main yeah. character with uh, Tim Timothy Chalamet or Chalamet Chalamet. Chalamet Chalamet. I don't know how to say those fancy names, but you know, obviously he is as Paul Atreides. He's the main character, but he she was always right beside him in everything you ever saw about Dune. But to be honest, it's just a little glimpse of her through dreams. And then she says four or five words, and the movie's over. Yeah. It's like crazy. Yeah, the acting in general was phenomenal across the board. Um, there was a big plus of this movie. Uh, everyone from Timothy Chalamet, who I thought did a great job. And, you know, one of the attractive things about this movie is you don't have to... It's They don't quite capture the essence of his confusion. Because mm-hmm. the book... There's very much like uh, the whole, everything about this whole experience is confusing to him. In the movie, they make him a very confident main character. And I think that's a good thing. They do up until the point where they're out in the desert. Finally, like him and his mom. still, he's taking charge. He's a leader. He's capable. He is, but he does have that breakdown moment of like, yeah, uh, uh, of somewhat panic. Like he's, he's sad. I don't want to say too much. Like, he's sad. He's panicked of the future. He's having visions that he doesn't know what's going on. He's there with his mom. He blames her all of a sudden out of nowhere because all of this stuff is pressing down at him, and he is confused. Well, and that's where he gets... It is her fault. I mean, it was designed. It Absolutely. Was all designed. Yeah. And um, she is great in it, by the way. Phenomenal. Yes. His his mom. Paul's mom, or Timothy Chalamet's mom, uh, Jessica, I don't know, what's her name in real life? You looked it up. I don't remember. Um, she reminds me of a Jessica Chastain. Kind of. Like, looks like her a little bit. Or Amy Adams, kind of. Very similar in features for all th- three of those people. Um, and uh, Oscar Isaac. No? No, not, no. she looks nothing like Oscar Isaac. Oh, I thought you Oscar were going to say, and you also liked Oscar Isaac. No, was I was going to say, uh, uh, what's Opie's name? real life opie you know no opie from the andy griffith show ron howard yeah ron howard his daughter oh yeah dallas something bryce dallas, bryce dallas howard. howard yeah they're all like the same people to me okay. <laughs> all all four of those people look the same she's a wonderful actress uh the one that's in dune i thought she did phenomenal um in every aspect of what she was doing because a lot of her acting is I think the most difficult, like Paul's the main character and Timothy Shelmet does that really well, but she has a lot of like deep, uh, like emotional scenes because of everything that's going on around her and what she's been doing. Yeah. I mean, it's not an overly emotional movie. No, no, no. But but. just the scenes that she has, there is a lot of emotion for her at that moment about what's going on around her. None of the other characters are having that emotion. It's just her as a mom and, yeah, being part of the Benny Gesserit like it's society. Be real, I, like, it just makes me think. The more and more you say things like that, how difficult this movie must be to understand for somebody that doesn't have a cursory knowledge of the book. I know because, like, there is chapters on the Benny Jesuit. There yeah. is chapters on these houses and their political affiliations, and they do a good job of, I think, making it. But they gloss over so much. It's fine. It needs to be glossed over, but it makes it harder for a newcomer. You would not know anything. Yeah, it would be difficult. About anything. Yeah. I, I just... You might not need it, though. 
So maybe you don't. So maybe you come in, you've never read the book at all, and you come in, you watch the movie, and you get only what you need. You yeah. know, you know about you small get a Messiah portions. Story. It's like essentially yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, you get uh, like the uh, what? It, what's it called when you? Um, shoot, I can never remember anything. Like when you you went to like this one little website or read the back of a book, a summary. Yeah, but what's that called? There's um something notes, cliff notes, cliff notes. You've got like a cliff notes version of the book. Yeah, and and that's not a negative to the movie because I absolutely love it, but it really is a cliff notes version of each individual like section of this movie. Like yeah, between all of the different houses and the Bene Gesserit and all of that kind of stuff. Like you they get, don't even really explain that these houses are all different houses and there's an empire and there's an emperor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do and they don't. So anyway, long story short, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the next one. I cannot believe that it's not coming out like next week. I know that is so disappointing that we got to wait now probably two years. I really think they dropped the ball on this. It doesn't make any sense. It's like they thought, okay, this is a huge risk. So we just want to throw one out there. I think they, but then they made a story that requires two parts for sure, minimum. Executives of Warner Brothers had to have seen this movie and been like, okay, it's worth another. Like, it's almost guaranteed at this point that you're going to make, you're going to break even at least. I, I and then, so. and we'll do a number two. But maybe I'm going to blame COVID. Because they probably thought, we can't release this in theaters. We're not going to be allowed to. Because this was supposed to come out last fall, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. So it got pushed an entire year. The fact that they didn't film the next movie over the course of this year isn't mind-blowing to but me. Maybe, but I'm thinking that's why. Because they spent so much money on the first one and then didn't get to release it. And then thought, maybe we aren't going to release this in theaters anymore. And it's only going to be on HBO Max. You're certainly not going to make the money back. You're not going to. I mean, that, yeah. that is a loss. So, therefore, making a sequel to that, I, I can understand where it doesn't make much with sense. With the uncertainty, yeah. Um, with the uncertainty, but at the beginning of this last year... It, just because they, they just with, haven't started filming it. There's but, a lot that needs to happen before filming that's probably been done. The writing, it better the pre-production have. is probably all done. They're probably just waiting for the go to start filming and it. And then they film it, and production they could starts. potentially have it out by next fall. They could take, I mean, at the longest, six months to film. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's most likely shorter than that. Probably. Uh, for filming-wise, and then editing is where it takes quite a while. Yeah, so honestly, end of next year, I bet you they could have one out. For sure. If they want it. end of 2022, if they could have another enough one money. I hope it does. I guarantee you, we're not going to see anything until June of 2023. Yeah, something like that. If could not be. fall, could be. Well, anyway, so uh, check it out for sure. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, if you're a sci-fi fan, uh, if or you're you, not a sci-fi fan and not familiar with the book, I still think it's worth the watch. That's what I was just going to say. If you're a sci-fi fan, if you've read the book, absolutely, go see it. If you're not uh, either one of those things, man, I still think there's something there for you. Because yeah. this movie, although it is sci-fi, uh, it's different. I think it just hits different. It 
looks different. I if think you can it's something enjoy you can it enjoy as a movie from the technical aspects of movie making. It's worth it on that alone. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. It's made me so happy today. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. And I'm going to watch it again at home on my... I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. I, no joke. That's what I'm going to do. Tomorrow, I'm going to watch it on my TV at home because I want to I want to have that feeling again, yeah. and I want to see what it looks like on my TV at home. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to see what... The feeling's obviously not going to be the same, but I don't know. I just I need to see it at home. I agree. All right, so that's all we got on that. Um, you want to get into what we're watching? Where are we at on time? Yeah, we're at an hour and 32 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I got just really two things. Um, I got three, but one's real quick. Um, Seinfeld. I've been watching <laughs> yes. a lot of Seinfeld. Absolutely. It's become my new go-to, like, I'm going to bed. Put on some Seinfeld. Put on some Seinfeld. Listen to it. One of the best days of my life is finding out that Seinfeld was coming to Netflix. Yeah, it was huge. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. I've watched so many Seinfeld episodes since it's been on Netflix because it's one. It is my single f- favorite show. I go back into like episode ten, and you'll you'll hear me talk about Seinfeld as my number one sitcom of all time. It is. It's so good. I love it, and I just started like on the last season because i'm like i don't really remember but it's amazing you can't it's hard to find an episode that you don't know like frontwards and back any of these people that tell me uh it just doesn't make sense just seinfeld doesn't make sense to me your entire life doesn't make sense then because it is obviously they live in new york and it's a little different scenario than the midwest but it's a day in the life yeah of these people like, that's all it is. Yes, it gets goofy. Oh, it's so goofy. But don't tell me you don't get it. They're just living their life and having encounters with other people that are goofy and funny. Yeah. And if you can't like that, you're dead inside. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I'm I'm, li- I'm liking rewatching it a lot. But I'm not, like, making it a huge priority. It's usually the, if I can't find no. anything else at the end of the night. But I love it. Um, I've walked through every season of Seinfeld so many times, I think. Really? That Oh, my gosh, yes. That's all. I forced Amy to watch the entire series when we first moved into our house um, in 2008 in Mazan. Bought a house. We moved in. We had nothing. Literally. I had no furniture. Didn't have a table. Didn't have chairs. The only thing we had was a fold-out couch that I got from my grandma, Uh and a stand for a TV and a DVD player. Um, I didn't have any TV or anything, so we just played. I had the entire series of Seinfeld on DVD, so that's all we watched was Seinfeld, and I forced her to watch it, and she's been in love ever since she, with me and Seinfeld. She will never forgive you for it. <laughs> well, right. Um, the other thing that I started watching is the hottest show that exists right now. That is a, a love circle. No. On Netflix. It's called Squid Game. We've oh. talked about it over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's blowing up. So I I'm like, st- I got to get on the train. So I convinced Marley even to watch it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, I probably watched four episodes. I believe I watched four episodes. Um, I'm not sure where I'm at on this show right now. But one thing I'm sure of is that I don't get all the hype. Okay. Um. It is 
interesting, different, visually interesting enough, and intriguing enough in the story that I probably will continue the rest so of the, the season. the premise of it is good. The premise you. is interesting. The acting is horrendous. The dubbing is pretty bad too although i get used to it i can get past the dubbing after after one episode you can get past it the acting on top of that is still really 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 over the top um it is very gory extremely gory disturbingly gory at times um with just not that you haven't seen things like it but with just the casual nature of the gore oh really yeah is shocking at some points um I'm interested enough to see where it goes for sure. So Mm. I could totally understand getting hooked on it. But overall, I would say that this is a, is an overhyped dud. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not worth watching, but I can't recommend it right now. Just watching the trailer for it. I didn't understand why. It is exactly what you think it would be. And it is that I don't, I don't want it. They're seeding. I'm sorry. They're seeding some smaller storylines that I think might pay off later, but ultimately you're watching it for the shock value, and that's really that's what the it is, right? And people are watching it. I it's think. a shock value thing, and I don't, I don't need that. I think there is so much better content out there than watching this type of stuff. I, I am interested to see what the backstory of it is, who runs the game, how it came to be. Listen, at the end of the day, I think you're wasting your life. It okay. could be. And I kind of have switched out of watching it anyway because of what we'll talk about later. I bet you you don't finish it. I probably won't. Yeah, I bet you you don't. Probably won't. At this From the point. sound of it, I don't think it's worth finishing. So and I don't think you will. I think I, I watched three episodes. The th- I will say the third episode by far has been the best one. Um, so we'll see. Maybe it gets better. You got to give it four, right? You do. I'll give it four. Give it one more. Well, I mean, what's? I think you got to do half the season. Yeah, I don't know. There's probably eight episodes. I don't okay. know. If there's ten, you got to watch five. Okay. If I'll, there's, I'll give it that. Nine or eight, you got to watch at least four. I'm not necessarily needing any of it, but definitely not recommending it. There's always a change around the half. I've heard point. the very the end of the series is much 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 better. I've heard that from. All right. Then I think, I mean, since you've put the time in, you might as well finish it. I don't think you will, but I think you should. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) You got anything? What you're watching? Um, I mean, obviously there's a new season of Survivor. So I've been watching that a lot. I watch that every single week. I love it. It hasn't changed at all. That's why I like it. Um, It's super fun. And then uh, only besides Dune, there's only one other thing I've been watching. And same here. And that is. The completely out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I haven't been on, to be honest, I haven't been on Netflix in a long time and haven't really watched much besides Seinfeld, but um, I haven't been on there in weeks, really. And I just randomly turned on Netflix the other night and all of a sudden it says Lock and Key Season 2. Yeah. Ready to stream. Like it's up front on the banner. And I was like, holy crap is this out like is this real or is this just like a teaser thing so i click on it no it's ready and waiting right there ready to go and so i immediately started it that was what night was that friday night um so friday night after the baseball game is when it was yes and i immediately watched five episodes in a row i stayed up until two o'clock in the morning absolute mistake um but i did i stayed up till 
two o'clock in the morning, watched five episodes straight. Uh, and then Saturday night I watched three more. I watched six, seven, and eight. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with the season two. Yeah. Man. Um, so I, we did similar. We, we watched the first one. I watched the first one. I just started, I don't, I didn't remember that Marley had watched the first season with me. Yeah, I didn't know that. So we were sitting in the living room and I just started playing it. Um, And I probably watched one and a half episodes maybe. And I guess I must have fallen asleep. So the next night I went to start it and I started season episode two over again. She's like, well, I already watched half this. I'm like, you were watching this? She goes, yeah, it's awesome. So we therefore spent like the rest of the day like doing laundry in a yeah. room basically and watch, I think four or five episodes straight. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe five or six episodes in. Um, oh man, big changes happen at like six and seven. Really? Oh yeah. So obviously the backstory, me and Jerry have talked about the comic lock and key by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son. We've talked yes. about it many times. Uh, it was near the top of both of our lists for best comics for new readers. And one of our favorite comic series of all time. So after season one, which was like two years ago, I feel it like. was the it was fall of 2019. Yeah, we talked about it at length, um, and I didn't remember a lot of season one. The show departs from the comic pretty significantly in a lot of ways in season one and two, mm-hmm. um, and it's very different thing than the comic completely. Basically, it, they're very different tonally. Yeah, tonally, the story it is changes different. quite a bit. And also, but after season one, I think, I don't know if you remember, but I mentioned that I actually preferred the show yeah. to the book. Um, I didn't agree with you at that point. Um, but this season, I think I do. I think I agree with you. I yeah. I do enjoy it a lot. And I think season two picked up a little bit more of the horror side of things. I mean, it's still very dumbed down, like toned down it's, from what the comic book is. It's almost... Able to watch it with your kids, but just not quite. Not quite. Um, I, and I the don't book think... book is not no. for kids. Season two, I don't... I think is more horror-ish than what season one was by far. Uh, I don't know. They both definitely have that aspect. I think they both have that aspect. I just... I don't know. I feel like season two's had a lot, a lot of things I didn't expect. Um, or that I forgot that season one had, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it is a show that is a teen show. Like, it's mm. kind of teeny, I think. I don't know what to characterize it as, as far as that goes. I guess, maybe, but it's Obviously definitely made a, for adults, too. Yeah, there's it's adult like content a, It's not like it. a WB show or anything. But it's an adult drama, or it's a teen drama. Yeah, for sure. You know, the main it's like, characters are kids. Yeah, they're kids, and I can understand that kids would like it. You know, like teens, upper teens, though. You'd have to be a little bit older. Anyway, um, I think they're doing a wonderful job. I, I love the characters. I really do. I think they've done a great job of making you want to know more about the characters and uh, the characters being likable. Yeah, I agree completely. Even the bad guys, you know, like you know who the bad guy is. You know what character he is, but his name's Gabe. Um, so Gabe as a boyfriend, I thought was like a good guy. It's like, yeah, of course you'd want him around. But every time he was around and they're showing him new things about keys and the house and things that are going on, I'm like, man, what a mistake. (laughs) Like what a mistake you're making, even though you don't know you're making that mistake. Um, 
it's just fun. Like I want to know what what ends up happening. Like they've built the story up so well. And that's how the book was too. It's a great mystery and it's a great such a great concept. Yeah. That is so fantastical and fun. The the book gets a little darker at times. That was one of my complaints about the show versus the book. The lack of varying different kinds of keys. Um, they do introduce some new ones in season two, but in season yeah, one, bringing, they basically only have a very small amount of keys. Yeah, there's basically, Couple. yeah, there's not very many in season one, but season two automatically starts out as like, yeah, we have this key, we have this key. They're interchanging them. You know, they've got a lot more now, like yeah. quite a few more, and they keep finding them throughout the. I always felt that episodes. about the book and the show. I'm like, they could, they they should make this so much more. Yeah. It could be a nonstop book of all these different keys and constantly finding new keys and doing and fighting new foes with them. I know, but at that point it gets it would be too involved with Maybe. keys. Like how hard of a story would that be to write? You know what I mean? Because you have so many different keys that you keep putting in front of the, all of these characters and then trying to make a cohesive story and wrap it all together. I, I mean, it would be like a, you know, like a, a villain of the week or a monster of the yeah, week type it, show. Yeah, it would be. At that, that point, and it'd be hard to do. Yeah. Well, in any case, I it's a really fun, fantastical show that is very much in that vein of, I would say like a sweet tooth, although it's not as good as that, but... um, I think it is. I do. I, I do I think, think it's it is. compelling for sure. I don't think it's as big. It's not as big, but it could be. I think it could be. I don't know. I didn't expect to love this season as much as I have. And I, think I it's saw better that, than the first season. Yes. I, I saw the banner for season two and I was like, oh man, lock and key. I've been waiting for this for a while. But then I had the feeling of, I haven't seen the first season in a long time. Well, I do like they jump you right into the story. And I didn't necessarily like have that super excitement. But then once I started the first episode, yeah, and you're jumped right back into the story, it jogged my memory right away. I started remembering everything from season one uh, throughout the episodes, and it's blown me away. I've been immersed into it, and I can't stop watching it. Yeah, And now we got to end because I want to go watch the last couple episodes. I want to watch it, but I've been watching it with Marley, so she's going to be asleep when I get yeah. home, so I can't watch it. Yeah, that's true. I know. That's a big bad. problem. This is why you don't watch things with your I wife. know. You need to just cut her out of the equation. <laughs> well, most of the time I do, so when we find something we can watch I, together. I Yes. Most of the time Amy doesn't, doesn't want to watch what I'm watching, but I really do think she would like Lock and Key. I told her that. I don't uh, think anybody could dislike Lock and Key. I know. The comic... Or the show. So Friday, she was watching some of the episodes or was glancing at what I was watching and then ended up going to bed uh, because we got home pretty late from baseball and whatnot. Um, So she went to bed, but she saw what I was watching and she's like, huh, that looks kind of interesting. I was like, Amy, I think you're going to like this. Like, I really do think you need to watch season one and then watch this. She gets mad because there's only two seasons and there's only eight episodes in the first season and 10 episodes. And she's like, well... And then I just have to wait for more. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that's how that works. She's like, oh, so like The Witcher, I've got to wait for that. She's like, and uh, The Last Kingdom, we're still waiting on that. Yeah. And I said, so are you? COVID. 
So you're literally saying like you don't want to watch any series anymore until it's absolutely done and finalized? She said, yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's a terrible existence because you got to watch some TV, man. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great so far. I, I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I really enjoy it. And again, I still maintain, I think the show to me is better than the book. And I, I will say it's 100% has to do with the more light-hearted nature and tone of the show. I think the characters are more likable in the show than they are in the comic book. Well, for sure the mom is. Oh, absolutely. She's yes. not likable in either, really, but still. I don't think she's that bad no, in the show because bad. what I noticed in, in season two is that she's very distant from the rest of the family Yeah, completely. Uh, the way they play that off, though, is because of the magic part. And once you reach adulthood, you don't you don't see the magic anymore. Um, and that's how they play it off because she's just so oblivious to what's happening all the time that she's doing her own thing and the kids are doing their own thing and they can get away with it because she doesn't know. Like right. she can't physically comprehend what they're doing. Uh, so that makes that easier to digest, but I don't necessarily like that. I th- I feel like she needs to be more apparent. Yeah. You know, like in the show, I, I don't necessarily like her as a character, but I don't know. It feels weird that she just bounces in and out of the house. Yeah. She's and isn't around. Yeah. This is like, these kids are very much just on their own and, and she doesn't have a job. Yeah, she does. She's restoring that theater. That's right. Okay. So she does have a job. Good. Okay. That makes me feel better. Um, I don't know. I just, she bounces in and out of the storyline so much that it's kind of weird. And now she's got the whole fling thing with a guy that I feel like Mm, something's going on on. there. I think they might want you to think that. Yeah, I think so too. I've only got two episodes left. Is that character in the book? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't know. You're going to watch this and it's going to make you want to have a beautiful old Victorian mansion in the countryside with magical keys and doorways. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I started creating keys last night, actually. So we'll see if they have any magic. really weird? Something crazy that happened? I absolutely want to. We're in the middle of watching this show in our bedroom Mm -hmm. and Jet walks in. With a key. Holding an old antique key. (laughs) Like kidding? one of those old on, loop yeah. on the one side straight with just the straight bars on the other side. And he goes, look, I found this key. I swear on my life, Jerry, this happened. Are you kidding me? And it's just a little one. It was for like a, a jewelry box or something like that. But it was an antique key. And he walks in holding his keys like, look what I found on the ground. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> And you're like, what does this mean? I didn't even process is how it a, crazy that was until I just told you that story. Is but it a it mind is key? Insane, right? Is it a mind key? Is it a whatever? <laughs> like I'm just like, go put that in your piggy bank. I don't know what to think about this right now. At the moment, you're just like, please stop bothering me. I'm watching a show. And but then now, right after that, I was cleaning out my closet. You need to find that key. I was cleaning out my closet. In the bottom of my closet on the ground, I found a 1930 coin. Okay. In all Latin, it's called one florin. Okay. It's from the, it's from 1930. Why do you have that? I don't know, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know where this coin is from, what it's about, but I found this old antique coin, and Jet found an old antique key. At the same time, there's somebody that is traveling through your house. Or trolling me. 
Yeah, we're trolling <laughs> you at the same time. Marley's doing it secretly. She's know. buying old antique things on eBay, and she's just going to drop them around the house as this show continues. So I find this coin, and I'm like, "What? That? where did this coin come from? I'm asking Marley. She's like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm like, this has got to be worth some money. It's cool looking. Looked it up. They're all over eBay for like $120 for this one coin. 120 bucks for a coin? Yeah, that's Sell what they're that. selling them for. But then I looked at the completed sales, and they're all like, four dollars yeah okay <laughs> still well that makes sense um anyway so lock and key that's all i got that's all i got as well lock and keys very good i would suggest watching it dune very good i would su- suggest watching it obviously you need to watch survivor and um yeah pass on squid game and pass on squid game okay um that's all we got this week uh check out patreon.com slash snarf comics to support the show um, or check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere at Snarf Comics or Snarf Talk, one or the other. And um, download the podcast. Download we're, the podcast, yeah. We're an audio podcast as well, so get on any platform that you download podcasts on, or if you don't download podcasts, you can do it on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, uh, Downcast, Spotify, Google Play, all of YouTube, like literally everywhere that a podcast is available you can find Snarf Talk. So download us. Yeah. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya.